Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. How long we've known each other, Ken? I ever break a promise to you? I will put you in the driver's seat at Le Mans. You just shut your mouth and let me do my thing. All right. Come in. Morning, Shelby. Morning, Molly. Pupils. I'll go to hell. the 24 hours of Le Mans for the fifth consecutive year. Mr. Ford, Ferrari has a message for you, sir. What did he say? He said Ford makes ugly little cars in ugly factories. And uh, he called you fat, sir. We're gonna bury Ferrari at Le Mans. So the great Carol Shelby is gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a Ford. Correct. And how long did you tell them you needed? Two or three hundred years? Ninety days. <laughs> Ford hates guys like us because we're different. Well, we heard he's difficult. Ken? No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. There's a problem. The computer will find it. Get some scotch tape and a ball of wool. What are they doing? Making your car faster. Ken Miles is not a Ford man. We're on the verge of something. And now you tell me that I can't have the best man in the world behind the wheel? Give me one reason why I don't fire everyone starting with you. Well, sir. We're lighter. We're faster. And that don't work. We're nastier. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. What a plan. It's high risk. I thought the whole point was to win the damned race. If this were a beauty pageant, we just lost. Looks hard, everything. And now. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Looking up my sleeve. Crystal! No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really... Yo, what's up? It's Chris Jacobs coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona at the 2020 Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auction. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Buy something!
Cars, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Actually, me live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. And if you want, well, where you can find out all about us, and if you want to find out uh, and listen to some of our past shows, don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the archive page. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am freshly back from... Scottsdale, Arizona. I flew in yesterday morning. Then I had to go run, 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 run. A lot of stuff to do. Very, 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 very exciting week. Uh, big shout out to our friends in uh, Orlando, flacarshows.com. If you want to find out what's going on in the state of Florida, that's where you want to go. So uh, north, south, east, west, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of car shows. This is car show weather. Swap meets coming on. Uh, Lakeland uh, Winterfest is coming on by our good friends up there at Carlisle. And uh, that'll be over in uh, Zephyr Hill someplace, I think, this year. And then uh, the 24-hour race is coming up. Boca Grand Concourse is coming up. Uh, and next weekend is the Orlando International Guitar and Music Expo. Now, you guys all know that I'm into vintage guitars. I'm not a very good player, but I still play. I practice. Practice is the key word. you got to practice and practice. If you want to get good at anything, no different than whether it's racing, whether it's uh, sports, whether it's writing, whether it's uh, a radio show host, you have to practice. And very, very much so when you play musical instruments because, uh, I don't know, you you just get rusty. It's just one of those things. But it's kind of like riding a bike. If you fall off a bike, get it back on it. If you've ridden before, you'll ride it again. So, having said that, let's see. I think that pretty much covers it. I think the, what weekend is this? Is this the third? I gotta pull up the calendar here. Let me figure out how to make this thing work. Uh, so we got one, two, three. Oh darn! Last week was Dupont Registry. Uh, last Friday of the month. I'm not sure what's going on. There might be something going on in St. Pete. But uh, as far as car shows. Swap meets, go to FloridaCarshows.com, you can find out all about that. All right, so let me bring you some of the highlights of, uh, 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 we're going to be talking about this, and we're going to have a special guest on here a little bit later. Um, Scottsdale, you hear me talking about this all the time. They, you've got to put this on your bucket list. If you, uh, Nothing, nothing, nothing compares to Scottsdale. Nothing compares to Amelia Island. Nothing compares to Monterey Collective Car Week. And nothing on the planet compares to SEMA. Those are the four major events that you guys want to attend every year if you can. If not... All of them, at least try to go to one. Now, there's all kinds of events going on in the southeast because I'm based in Florida, naturally. But there's – and there's a lot of really cool shows out there. And there's a lot of cool local car shows. But when you go to these major events, and it just finally occurred to me after all these years, because the week before last I was at Meekum for four days, I don't know, going back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And this week, being in Scottsdale for five days – I hit four auctions a day, sometimes five. So basically, I would start out and I might go, let's just say, to to, to, to Barrett-Jackson in the morning because we had a press conference. Then I might go to Leak's auction or Lake, okay, because they had their inaugural auction today with Gary Bennett and Muffy and everybody. Cool, cool auction, okay? And they featured the Stalupi collection. Pretty successful event, pretty successful sales, and great First year out of the box presentation. They did a very, very good job. Russo and Steel is back at Russo and Steel's. Then I might have gotten to Bottoms and then back to Barrett because I finished up every evening at Barrett because they were open until 10, 11 o'clock. Well, actually, 10 o'clock. In fact, what I would do 
is because we're doing a lot of the social media. So if you go to my Facebook page, Tommy, I'm sure. Tommy, hey, how you doing? You're sitting there. Forgot to say hi. Uh, I'm just great. Hi, Robert. Pretty good. Anyway, um, so what I would do is, you know, you walk through there. You take all kinds of pictures. You meet people. You talk to people. You network. That's what it's all about. In fact, if you heard the beginning of the show, we had a little liner there from Chris Jacobs from Overhauling. And, uh, you know, he's on uh, TV all the time. Well, he's kind of like the guy that was doing a lot of the interviews. And, of course, Steve Magnanta was up there. Mike Joy was up there. A lot, a lot of people that we know that we've actually had as guests on our radio show that uh, are familiar names with you. But these are the guys that show up at Bear Jackson. Now, I Meekums has did a very, very good job this year. Had a, had uh, entertainment for a change. I mean, he's just getting bigger, better, better every year. Having said that, all the auctions have a unique style about them. You know, they all have something really, really cool. Now, the two biggest ones, well, the biggest one by far is Meekums, obviously. He's got 15 or 16 auctions. In fact, I was just reading, just reading a few minutes ago, that he is doing something at the Boca Grand Concourse, which is next month in, in Boca Raton, Florida. And he's doing a, uh, let's just call it a showcase exotic car type high-end uh, exposition. Now, what that tells me is, because Boca's tried it numerous times over the years to have a collector car auction there, which is probably the one element they're make, they're missing. There's a lot of wealth down there. There's a lot of really cool cars down there. And don't kid yourself. I don't really know for sure how it pans out. I think Haggerty probably has the best pulse on, on the statistical um, makeup of car collectors in the state of Florida and California and Arizona, okay, which I would have to guess the biggest percentage of car collectors is in California. The second biggest statewide is probably Florida, believe it or not. And then I'm going to say there's a huge, huge car culture in Phoenix, Arizona. Having said that, New England, okay, as a whole, Connecticut, you know, there's a lot of old money there, and there's an amazing amount of collectible cars there. And in the past, that's where a lot of the really, really unusual, particularly foreign cars, you know, being right there on the Atlantic, and a lot of the cars, the importers, they, Max Hoffman, for example, brought in Porsches, Jaguars, uh, Mercedes, and uh, he's considered by most to be, let's say, like the father of the Speedster, brought Volkswagens in, obviously. So a lot of the cars came in, through New York and then migrated up to New England and kind of dispersed, you know, around the country. Obviously, California was the next big port of entry where a lot of classic cars came. But for some reason, a lot of those people from up north, out west, the Midwest, migrated to Florida, and we have these massive underground car collections throughout the whole state. You have, I mean, when I say collections, I'm talking guys that probably have 50 to 100 cars. Well, in Scottsdale, Arizona, when I was out there, that's not uncommon out there. It's just very, very common to find guys that have 20, 30, 40 car collections, 15 car collections, uh, 100 car collections, if you will. And you just don't know about them. I mean, the warehouse is full, particularly if you go out to, like, say, like Scottsdale Airport. There's a lot of stuff out there. Well, anyway, so down in Boca Raton, and they do the concourse every year, and it's a lot of fun down there. And I know a lot of people down there and have a lot of friends, and they got some pretty cool stuff down there. But now Meekum is going to do this exposition. Well, that is probably the prelude to next year when they'll probably have maybe a boutique auction. Now, Meekum does everything else. He does tractors. He's been doing guitars now. He's doing motorcycles. Uh, obviously, collector cars. The one thing he's not doing, one element of his his uh, auction um, portfolio, if you will, or style of auctions, is is uh, is boutique cars, very very high end stuff. 
And that's where there's still a lot of money and still a lot of interest. Now, my, my observation of the auction, and there was an article in Sports Car Market, um, this already, you know, Sports Car Market and Keith Martin and his team do probably the finest job in the country as far as a well-publicized magazine that is easily accessible that gets all the auction information. So, it's, And I used to write for them. So their database is amazing. Rick Carey, which is Sports Car Digest, he does a very good job as well. He is very meticulous, and uh, but he's not like in, in, in the public as much as, let's say, like Sports Car Market, because his is kind of like a more, he caters more to the collector to collector guys. But Rick is just an amazing guy, too, and, and very, very knowledgeable. He's been at this for a long time. But back to Sports Car Market, and that's for foreign cars, and then their other sister publication is American Car Collectors. All right, so they do a very, very good job. And in Sports Car Market, there was an article talking about the sales projections, you know, earlier, and then the results from basically they, on, on their, I should say, on their email blast, okay? And uh, it was a pretty successful week. The numbers were mind-boggling. I mean, between RM and Gooding, they did close to $80 million. Uh, I think uh, Russo did something like uh, $14 or $15 million. Um, Lake did somewhere around 5 or 6 uh, probably a little bit more, maybe $7 million. Barrett-Jackson just topped them all with 140 some odd million dollars in sales. And, uh, and they had 2,000 cars. So I believe they said that this is a record. Now, next year is Barrett Jackson's 50th anniversary. So I'm encouraging everybody, if you don't do any, any other event this year, uh, start saving and be in Scottsdale next year because they're going to have a big shindig next year. It's the 50th anniversary. And uh, so I said, I mentioned something to Craig about that. And he says, well, the only way you're going to find out is to be there. Makes perfectly good sense to me. You know, show up and find out. But I will tell you that from an entertainment value, Barrett Jackson is the top dog on the block. I mean, his whole facility, and I'm going to quote Scott Black, who's one of the PR guys for them. Scott's a friend of mine. We're going to have Scott on. He's a serious car guy, super nice guy. He's timepiece PR. And he says, Robert, Barrett Jackson is like a mini city. Now, if you, I want to have Craig on. We've invited him to come on the show, and we'll probably have him on maybe between now and before they show up in West Palm Beach. And if you look at the way their operation is and the intricacies and the detail and how much is going on there, we're talking a million square feet probably, somewhere in that percentage and with, with everything there that they've got going on. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. The staff, the people, the... Like I said, the infrastructure, um, the timing, the scheduling, all that stuff, you know, getting the cars on there, it's just, uh, it's like clockwork. It's a, it's just, it really is. It's a, like this little city. It's got its own little government. It's amazing. That's how big and that's how broad it is. It's, you would not, I mean, you've seen, if you've been to Mecham, and Mecham does a great job, but you can take Mecham, Kissimmee, and you can put it inside Barrett probably three times. Okay, just to give you an idea. That's how big Barrett Jackson Scottsdale is. Absolutely. And every year I go there, the bars raise. Boom, 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 boom. So, you know, kudos to, to Craig Jackson and his team. They do just an absolutely amazing job. I personally think that some of the cars they have in there were absolutely incredible. Meekum had a great selection of cars. Bonham's had a great selection of cars. Worldwide had a selection of cars. All the auctions did great. Lake, Russo, um, Gooding, just incredible cars. But keep in mind, um, we were talking about this a while back, and Craig, or not Craig, but uh, John Kramer from uh, Make Him 
when he was on our show one time, said this years ago. He says, "This is these are these are absolutely amazing car shows." It was really hard for me to grasp that concept. So if you pay the thirty bucks to get in, or forty bucks to get in, or whatever, and you have all this stuff going on, the entertainment, you know, the vendors, the the cars, the actual auction itself. It's really truly is a bargain. I I didn't really it took me a while to grasp that. You know, I'm a dealer, so you know I look at it from a little different perspective. But if I step outside of my my dealer's hat, take my hat off, and I just become just the average person, this is a car enthusiast, and I wanted to see thousands of cars or hundreds of cars, different cars. The thing about the auction is, and it occurred to me at Kissimmee, and it became more apparent this year because I never really, I mean, because I'm in the business, I'm not. And, and I've been around cars for so long, it's not like I'm that easily impressed. But when I look at it, I kind of see, I live vicariously through um, other people, and I watch them and how they perceive the cars. And then it goes, aha, uh-huh. the light goes off in my head, and I click, and I go, okay. Now, I'm used to this, but for these people, this is an amazing experience. And there were some really amazing cars, one-off cars, specialty cars. And if you do appraisals like I do, for example, I like it because these cars are like reference points for me. I can go look at these cars, and I can find some survivor cars, some original cars, some modified cars, restored cars. And you meet some of the best of the best in the business. You know, so uh, it's it's it's. Just it just never ceases to amaze me. I was hanging out with. Uh, the, if you go to our Facebook page, there's a picture of myself, um, uh, Jason Billups, who did the um, two cars for Craig Jackson, the Green Hornet, and the and Little Red, the prototype uh, cars from Shelby back in '68 and '67, and uh, and Ed Myers and his son. And, uh, and then Jim Wicks, our good friend from Oklahoma. Now, these are all diehard Shelby guys. And when I hear me use the term, you know, inner circle, there's an inner circle of guys that there's a certain trust, a bond, and you really understand what's going on. These are the people that are in the know. Well, you look at a guy like Ed Myers. I mean, he is the guru when it comes to 69, 70 Shelbys and bosses, and he knows everything there is to know. I was watching him and, uh, break down a car up in uh, at the Muscle Car, National, Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals up in uh, Chicago a couple months ago. And well, it's just you know, I know a lot, but these guys, I I don't even know a paragraph worth of of uh, stuff compared to these guys, and and you know, it's just incredible. Uh, Jason Billups, he restored some amazing cars. He consults with Ed. You know, Jim Wicks knows everything there is to know. These guys have been at it for 40, 50 years. Now, granted, these guys are in their sixties and seventies, but it's like you know, like like right out of the womb. They were Boss Shelby guys, you know, like, vroom, vroom, out of the womb. Okay, I know, just a bad play there. Okay. But anyway, so these guys uh, were just, you know, they're extremely knowledgeable. So when you hang out with these guys, you learn from them and take advantage of that. The Chevrolet guys that were there, Kevin Marty was there with his wife, uh, Shelly. You know, we were hanging out with them together. And they did a lot of, do a lot of research on Mustangs and Shelbys and Bosses and Torinos and Cobras and all that kind of cool stuff. But the, the Corvette guys were there. The Chevrolet guys were there. The Mopar guys were there. And you bump into all these guys, you just never know who you're standing next to. To. You know, I I was at one auction and I was talking to this guy because I was looking at Shelby and he started asking me questions about Shelby. He discovered that I knew a lot about him at the time. So we started talking a little bit and he was asking me about this one particular car that was at Bonham's auction. It was a 66 Shelby GT350. It was also side by side to a 65 Shelby GT350. And he was asking me about the differences. He really wasn't a Shelby guy. So I kind of gave him a quick uh, history lesson on, on Shelby's. And uh, so, I, so we, he seemed to know a lot about cars. So I said, well, what do you do? Well, if you guys have ever been to uh, some of these major car shows and auctions and you see these big, giant, aluminum-spun uh, neon clocks, this is the guy that made them. 
Okay. If you ever, all you guys that are restoring cars and you have these battery top plates that look like, say, Autolite or Delco or whatever they might say on them, this is the guy that makes those uh, knockoff reproduction looking kind of uh, battery caps, okay, or the top plates that look like, an, you know, the original period correct batteries. And then you can still run your Optimum underneath or your, uh, you know, your, your uh, interstate battery or whatever you might have. And um, so, like I said, you just don't know who you're going to meet, and it's pretty amazing. Anyway, on that note, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a commercial break here real quick. I think Tommy is going to fire up the stereo. We're going to play a song. It was actually one of the songs that was featured in the movie, and it's nominated for Best Picture, Ford versus Ferrari. Here's a little, uh, who we got here, Tommy? Stranger in a Strange Land. Wow, and who's the band? The Birds. Oh, my gosh. I'm losing my memory. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. This is Craig Jackson, Chairman and CEO of Barrett Jackson Auction Company, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce my special guest for the evening. This gentleman's a friend of mine, and he puts on the best music guitar show on the planet. It's called the Orlando International Guitar and Music Expo, and it's next weekend in Orlando at the fairgrounds. I'm delighted to welcome to the show back my alumni buddy, Morty Backman. Morty, how you doing? Hey, 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 Robert. How's everything up there? Everything here is smooth and going along. Super, super. Well, now, are you up in Tallahassee or are you back down here I, in Orlando? Uh, I'm not in, in Orlando as we speak, but I'll be heading down there very soon. Super. Uh, we're looking for lots of guitars, lots of parts, lots of people, lots of energy, and lots of music. Excellent. So give us a little uh, taste of what we can expect this uh 
this year at the uh, well, Orlando National? in general, you know, uh, Robert, you've been enough times to know that what we really never know what kind of guitars are going to show up. We never know who's going to show up. We do know that we will have elbow-to-elbow people and elbow-to-elbow guitars the whole time. I remember a couple of years ago you were looking for a part. I'm actually looking for a pick guard for a particular guitar this year, and I know people, you know, it's a funny thing about guitar aficionados sometimes. <laughs> They just want one screw that's going to make the guitar 100% whole, you know? And who knows, that screw might just be right there on somebody's table for a few bucks. And uh, we don't, we have no idea what we're going to find other than we know it will be a lot of cool guitars. Not only vintage guitars, Robert, but used guitars, new guitars. Um, uh, there may even be some celebrity-owned guitars. You never know. You just have to pay your money and take your chances. Well, you know, uh, it's funny you mention that because for years I've been looking for little odds and ends for my little Fender Mustangs, and uh, I'd pick up a piece here or there. Something like that. But last year I got lucky and I found the bridge cover that I needed for my Mustang. I found a set of uh, switches and pickups for my vintage Mustang and some other miscellaneous stuff. So for me, last year was... Amazing. And see, and to your point, you don't know. You go year after year after year, you meet incredible people, you build these relationships with these with these vendors, these guitar guys of the same like mind and and obviously the talent that is there is incredible. And uh yes, there is definitely something there for everybody. How many vendors right, you can and so many people play too and, and well you know we haven't mentioned amplifiers. Oh there yes. Vintage amplifiers, new amplifiers, used amplifiers. Um, even probably there could easily be drums, keyboards, but mostly what we're going for is guitars. This is the Orlando International Guitar and Music Expo in our 33rd year, and what people are coming for, I can tell you, is guitars. But who you never know. Who knows? I know one thing. There'll be a lot of people, and there'll be a lot of guitars and a lot of music. So, uh, oh yeah, speaking of, you, you forgot to mention effects. I mean, like pedals and stuff like that will be there. Oh yeah, and you know, we have one of our guys that, that brings nothing but a giant booth full of pedals. Uh, they're called pre-rock pedals, and uh-huh. uh, it means that somebody's already rocked out on them, and we're looking forward to seeing them and uh, hearing them. And you know, Robert, the most interesting part of this is how much that everyone who goes is interested in the music and in the guitars and in the guitar related stuff the amps the pedals the, the even who knows there may be guitar strings for sale i i've been i've been known to have guitar string people selling guitar strings at the show so we never really know um we'll have uh t-shirts commemorating commemorating the event we'll have t-shirts with you know old venerable uh, names like Vox and K and Harmony. You never know what you're going to find at the International Guitar and Music Expo in Orlando. And uh, we are actually, we might as well say February 1st and 2nd. The, the first is Saturday and the hours are 10 to 5. The second on Sunday, the hours are 10 to 4. And we hope everyone will come out. It is a lot of fun and we hope everyone will come out. The uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, though. I mean, so you know, this is you know, when somebody puts an event on, it means a lot more when the founder of the event is actually equally as enthusiastic, passionate, 
and as much an aficionado as the attendees. So you're a, a musician from way back when. So you're really guitar guy yourself. So you know what other guitarists and other musicians kind of expect in, when, when putting on a function like this. Well, it is really true. I've been playing for many, many years, and I enjoy it a lot. And I've collected vintage guitars, but I own newer guitars. Um, I uh, I even like some of the cases, you know. It's oh, yeah. funny thing about the, the guitar the guitar uh, fanatic. It, we we like this stuff. It 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 gets us excited, and and not only that, but everybody like myself, we end up playing them. We end up going back wherever we live and playing music with whatever we might acquire or whatever. If somebody else says, hey. Hey, you got that over there? You want to trade for what I got? And I've seen that happen right on the floor where somebody will be walking in, a member of the public, and, and do a swap right there on the floor with someone else who has something that neither one of them have had before. So we, we have that aspect of it as well, the, the interaction between the dealers and the, and the members of the public. And it's all around guitars. Uh, Robert, it's all around guitars. Guitars, guitars, amplifiers, amplifiers, and like you said, effects. I know a lot of guys that are effect crazy, and they always have to have, oh, that next new sound. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Well, now, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, because I'm this year, one of my goals, besides I need a few more pieces for my old uh, vintage guitars, but I'm going to be looking for a vintage, original, working, because everything there is pretty much good shape. Uh, I need right. a wah-wah pedal. That's what I'm looking for this year. Well, I would imagine that you will find a wah-wah pedal. Yep. All you have to do is look around. You know that was a great sound that people made, that wah-wah-wah-wah, yep. whenever they were playing the guitar, and... Uh, I know that I don't know anybody that ever played electric guitar that didn't at least have or want a wah-wah pedal. That's yeah. for sure. So when you think of classic Jimi Hendrix, you know, or early Eric Clapton, or uh, Tony um, Tony Joe White, you know, a lot of those guys used wah-wah pedals back in well, the day. Well, they almost everybody at mm -hmm. one point or another used a wah-wah pedal. And I was remembering I was with my daughter recently, and I heard some of the music that she was listening to, and I told her, I said, "Hey, you know, that's a wah-wah pedal," because <laughs> you can tell it. You yes, wah-wah, you can hear it, and. One of the nicest things about music, Robert, it's really a very interesting dynamic because it's it's not like so many other things in that it's it's not tied to a particular era. Everybody who grows up, no matter what era they grow up in, they have music that they like and they have guitars that they like. Um, we're seeing a somewhat of a resurgent uh, uh, interest in the 80s guitars these days. Uh, the 60s and the 50s, the 40s and the 30s have always been real big, but we're beginning to see the 80s and the 90s guitars come out. And the people who grew up in the 80s and the 90s are seeing, hey, I had, I had that guitar when I was in high school. Hey, I had that guitar in college, you know. So it, it isn't just, you know, vintage, 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 you know, uh, way, way, way back and mentioning Hendrix or Clapton or people like that. But, but anybody, anybody who used the guitar to make music has created an interest in the people who liked their music, and then they're drawn to the guitars they played when they made that music. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, because a friend of mine uh, was basically kind of like a hairband shredder back in the 80s type mm -hmm. kind of guy, 
And he just recently discovered jazz music. Okay, so wow. the, so he's got those Kramers and, and and all those wild guitars out of the uh, and the PRSs out of the out of the eighties. And then uh, he was in Scottsdale, and we we're talking. In fact, there's a guitar store out there called Guitar Pickers. And I've been right. going there for years and years and years. In fact, on Facebook, I tagged you um, when I was hanging out at his shop. And he's he's he. I sent my friend Darren over there um, to go look at some of the vintage guitars because he had a 1958 uh, Strat. He had a 50 uh, early 50s Les Paul, and wow. he had a couple of uh, early 60s P basses. And uh, so, you know, if you're into that, you know, and then he had uh, a, a early 60s, I can't remember, uh, a Gretsch, which was usually played by most of the country singers back in the day. Yeah, but it can also be used to play jazz, and a lot of those big jazz boxes are around and are being reissued mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, no matter what kind of music anybody plays, one thing I've noticed, Robert, about music, I, I've had uh, some some really, really talented people come and play at the at the expo. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've noticed about a good musician, you can hand them anything, and they sound great. You That's know, true. It, it's something that we would all wish, you know, to be as great a guitarist as some of the more more successful and famous guitar players. But it, it even really doesn't even really matter. If you love music and if you love guitars, you would love the Orlando International Guitar and Music Expo on February 1st and 2nd, 2020. Now, how much does it cost to get in? It's $12 per day, and that is all day on Saturday, and then it's $12 on Sunday, and it's only one hour shorter on Sunday. It's 10 to 4. Saturday is 10 to 5. Okay, and where is it located so everybody knows? It is at the Central Florida Fairgrounds in Orlando, and the actual address is 4603 West Colonial Drive, Orlando, Florida, 32808. And that is more or less downtown. It's only like two and a half or three miles from downtown. And also, if people would like to find more information, they could go to our website, which is guitarexpo.net, and they would find more information if they need a little bit directions or whatever we've got that the website has directions and phone numbers for them to call if they would like to speak to somebody about the expo excellent well morty i can't wait to be there i'm looking forward to next week i'm going to be there bright and early on saturday on friday i'm going to come on friday (laughs) and i'll be looking for you and thank you very much i it's always a pleasure to speak with you and say hello to bobby for me okay i'll do that thank you very much take care yes the, or- the Orlando International Guitar Music Expo. I want to thank my good friend, Morty Beckman. We'll see you all there. Even if you don't play guitars, it's just a cool place to hang out because it's a really neat hobby. Guitars, guitars, and more guitars. Hey, Tommy, what, what do you got uh, spinning around that turntable? You got something else? Another, uh, I think we got another song from the movie Ferrari, Ford versus Ferrari. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't touch that doll. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 that's a money child. It's time to 
Maybe owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hi, this is Aaron Shelby, Carol Shelby's grandson. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Yes, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now, the last three liners that we just or that you guys just heard were obtained live by these very special people at Barrett Jackson. I will have to give uh, Craig Jackson a lot of credit because celebrities are walking around there left and right. It's just absolutely amazing. Again, it's kind of like SEMA. Those that are in the know, those that are in the who, those are somebody. And anybody and everybody that are really car people will be seen and can be seen at Bear Jackson because everybody hangs out there because that is the place to be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, let me talk about some of the other auctions. Now, I was at Goodings for a while, and uh, and, and those guys are super, super, super great. I talk about a high-end auction that does a very, very professional job. Goodings does a remarkable job. They had a couple cars there. In fact, I met some people there that I was talking to, and they were looking at a couple of uh, – if you go to our website, you'll see pictures of it. Or not our website, but our uh, Facebook page. Some uh, vintage Porsche 356s. And of course, I know a little bit about those, at least enough to be dangerous. So these guys were looking at the cars. We started talking a little bit. And I'm a registry member. So basically, you know, like if you're appraising a car, doing a pre-purchase inspection, you, know, you have access to the database, and I can pull up who owns the car, what the motor's supposed to be, and such and such and such and such. So I was looking at information. Not to mention that I found myself later slithering underneath those cars, trying to scrape the bottom of the transmission uh, transaxle to try to find the engine pad to see if we could verify the numbers on it. But keep in mind, their 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 title block that they have there, their little uh, description page that they have in the window generally has all that information on it. So that means that somebody has already done the information ahead of time. But it's always good if you're going to be going to an auction, you're going to buy a car, be sure and either do your homework because you can get the catalogs ahead of time. Do your homework, do your research. If you're not sure, try to find somebody that is an expert that knows a lot about those cars, at least enough to give you the basic information to give you, the potential buyer, the assurance that the car that you are buying or that you're considering contemplating buying is, is the car. There was another car that I was looking at for a gentleman, and it was a 1968 Shelby GT350 convertible. Well, you know, in my world, these guys like Ed Myers and my friends, they specialize in Shelby Boss Mustangs. So 69, 70, he knows everything there is to know about it. My other friend, he's 65, 66, Shelby knows him like you wouldn't believe. My good buddy Vince Liska was there. He's a registrar for 68, 69, and 70 Shelbys. Well, I was looking at the 68 for this one guy, and I was looking at the 70 for another guy. Just, you know, kind of casual conversation. Well, I didn't have all the information that I needed, and I kind of forgot some stuff because I have to know a lot about American cars, domestic cars, Jaguars, Porsches, Ferraris, whatever. You know, I, I don't, I run the gamut. Even Bentleys, of all things. Aston Martins, makes no difference. Ferraris, obviously. So, over time, you know, when I, I use this expression every once in a while, which is a cliche, and it says, man, I forgot more than most people know. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a way like, man, I forgot so much of this stuff over the years. Because if you're not into it, it's kind of like music. You know, if you practice a lot, you'll get good at playing the guitar. If you don't practice, 
you lose it. Okay. So anyway, so I typed, I text my friend Vince Liska, and I said, Vince, uh, on a 69, 68 Shelby, for example, let's see, were the 68 small blocks, were they stamped on the block? And if so, were they behind the intake manifold on the top of the block? Are they stamped there, let's say, like a Boss 302? He texts me back, says, yes. Okay, so now I can go over there and I can raise the hood and I can look in the back of the block on the top, which you can kind of see. You don't need a mirror or anything like that. And I can see that, ah, there's no number stamped there, so that's a replacement block. So it did not have the original motor. The car was originally a green car based on the Shelby registry. So this car was featured in triple black. Now, it's funny because when I looked at the first description, it just says, cars presented here in triple black. The operative word there, this is what you have to look into, presented in triple black. It didn't say the car was originally a triple black car. It just said presented in black. So now you have to read between the lines. That means you got to pay attention here because I didn't catch it because I wasn't paying attention because I really wasn't had no interest in buying it. So then the beautiful thing about Goodings Auction is they actually have a research center. So you can and so does uh, Worldwide, by the way, and so does Bonham. So if you want to try to find out some information on the particular vehicle that you're looking at, you can actually go to the research department, which is right there on location, and you can pull out some information. They may not have everything that's in the registry, but they're going to have some pretty much a lot of the information that they use when they were doing their documentation to to verify and validate the car. This is extremely important when you go to these high end auctions like a Goodings, a Bonhams, an RM, a Worldwide. Generally, these high end auctions that do boutique cars, I mean, boutique auctions that do special, special, special cars like Duesenbergs and Aston Martins and Ferraris and Hispanic Suezas and Lamborghinis and all that kind of stuff. These guys are pretty much on their ball, on their game, okay? So, and and they will do VIN verifications, ownership history, checks, all that kind of stuff. Because the last thing they want to do is they want a car there that's totally misrepresented because that poses a potential, let's just say, lawsuit. Um, Meekums hires somebody professionally, and I just ran into my good friend Phil, who used to be L.A. Auto Theft Department. And he was telling me that Meekum, and I did not know this, that they actually hire former auto theft agents, you know, sheriff, law enforcement, uh, police department, to do VIN verifications of the car because who else would know those cars? Now, keep in mind, a lot of the younger people today don't know to look where all the numbers are. In the newer cars, the numbers are more more out in plain view, more visible than they were back in the old days. They're even not, not only they're stamped on the cars, on some of the sheet metal, but they're actually stamped on the glass or etched into the glass. In the old days, it wasn't like that. You had what they call confidentiality numbers. That means that the numbers were stamped maybe on the frame. Let's say, for example, a Corvette. It's on the top part of the frame underneath the body. So really, you definitely need a mirror to look up underneath the frame to be able to see that. Okay. So anyway, so where I'm going with this is that you have to be you know, again, I don't I don't consider myself an authority. I don't authenticate anything, but I know enough to at least validate the car or verify that the car is what it is. And that's extremely important because, unfortunately, sadly, there's a lot of counterfeits. Now, with the advent of a company like Dynacorn that makes reproduction Camaro bodies, reproduction Chevelle bodies, reproduction Mustang bodies, and whatever else there's out there on the market. There's a company up in Detroit that makes uh, five, six, and seven shells. Um, there's uh, 49, 50 Mercs out there that I'm aware of. Well, a guy that's not exactly forthright might actually just find a junkyard car, grab the numbers off of it. You know, you can go through these various uh, uh, procedures, I guess, and you can acquire a title and you can just take those numbers and now stamp them on a uh, on a uh, reproduction body. So the car may be may look original, may have some documentation, may have some provenance and stuff like that, but we, but you don't know whether it's the original car. So then you got to find an old guy like me and that's been around and stuff for a while that really look at a car and knows that the, all these little trick little places and these little things that are unique to an old vintage car. For example, the Dynacorn body Mustangs, 
the original Mustangs, if you all know, the trunk is the gas tank. And there's no panels between the pack underneath the package tray to separate the trunk area from the cabin where the people sit. On the Dynacorn reproduction bodies, they added extra gussets and they actually have a panel there. Okay, and that stemmed from the, as a result of when a pinot bean got hit, because a lot of the Fords back in the day, the gas tank was part of the structural aspect of the car, and it was also the floorboard in the car, okay? So when that car was impacted by a truck at 100 miles an hour, whatever it was, naturally it's going to, you know, and took the, the rear taillights and put them up against the back seat, actually up against the steering wheel and whatever was in between there, got squished and then engulfed in flames. But anyway, having said that, uh, so there are these little details on these cars. So, but at an auction, you can't always take a car apart. A few weeks ago, or about a month ago, I did a PPI on a 69 Shelby GT350 down in, uh, in Venice, and I pulled the back seats out of it. And I pulled the trunk carpeting out of it and pulled back the carpeting in the rear area there just to make sure the car wasn't clipped because unfortunately one time I bought a car that had been clipped unbeknown to me, and I'm in the business. So even the best of us can get fooled. So you have to be careful with this kind of stuff. You know, that's why ownership history is extremely important. There is a problem with rebodied cars. There's a lot of rebodied cars out there. And there were a few cars there. There were a few Shelbys there. And you know me, I'm a diehard Shelby guy that had numbers that were not, that were stamped in, that were not in the original font. So what you have to be careful for is... Does that mean the car was a rebody? Not necessarily, but what it could mean is that the car was slammed in the front, all the sheet metal was replaced, and what they did is they restamped it to make it look right. I've seen it with Porsches, I've seen it with a lot of other cars. There's data plates, they reproduce the data plates, just go on Emmings, and whatever data plate you need for whatever car, they can reproduce it. So you've gotta be careful about this. You've gotta know this kind of stuff, because these are flags. Now again, a lot of these cars that are out there are restored beyond way be or what we call over-restored. So these over-restored cars are like their jewelry because that's what a lot of people expected it. They, they, you know, when you see a 69 Z28 that brings $125,000, you know, and it's got J, J, uh, the uh, optional factory uh, dual quad set up on it, and uh, it's got the disc brake rear end under it. That was an option that's on the RPO sheet, which is the regular production order sheet, and then the, the CPO sheet, which is Central Office Production Order Sheet, or it have, it'll have notations on it. You know, they'll have, like, for example, you're familiar with the term L78, L71, L's this, Z's this, Z that, whatever, and a, and a number after that. Those are codes for options. And you can get the original build sheets, but they've also been known to be counterfeited. So you have to get your information from a reliable source. Having said all that, uh, at Gooding, some amazing cars. One of the cars in particular that I like, besides the Shelby, besides the 356s, was a 69 Lamborghini Miura. If you go to my Facebook page, Nostalgic Radio Cars, there's lots of pictures on there. I also put some pictures on our other Facebook page, which is Gulfstream Motorsports. And uh, so there's some pretty amazing stuff there. One of the cars that I liked at Worldwide was there was a 66 Shelby there. Okay, again, we'll talk about Shelbys. And there was a lot of Shelbys between Meekums and Scottsdale. I've never seen so many Shelbys on the market in my entire life. And all the years that I've been going to auctions, more Shelbys than ever. I mean, it's like half the registry was there. But this particular car was one of 20, supposedly, Hearst test cars. And they used it for, because they the Hearst cars, they experimented with automatics, with four speeds. But one of the issues was the brakes on, okay? And the, and one of the complaints was is the factory GT setup 
disc brake setup is it almost takes two pedals to stand on it to stop the car. So they came up with this aftermarket, not aftermarket, but they came out with this other brake. It's called a Micon brake assembly, and it's either a master cylinder. And if you look at it, it looks like a really goofy contraption. It's also on my Facebook page. And it was either off a Ford truck or a tractor or something like that. What it was supposed to do is almost supposed to simulate a power brake booster. Well, it worked for a while, and then after a time, it just got really, really bad. So obviously when I was in possession of Hertz, and Hertz was running the cars out, they, uh, and it was only on the early cars and on the, could have been on the four speed cars if I remember correctly. And uh, they did it for a while and then they replaced them later with the GT style. And which is a single reservoir, which is a bad deal. Okay, if you got a classic car, definitely go to a dual circuit system. So you got a front reservoir, rear reservoir. So if you lose one or the other and you got a brake proportioning valve in there, you're at least gonna have one set of brakes for the front or the back of the car so you don't crash anything. Um, but anyway, that car had that that Micon brake cylinder on it and was one of the early cars. It was in the first 400 built, okay? And so to me, that was fascinating. That was interesting. I wanted to see exactly what it looked like on a car because you rarely ever see them because most people took them off. At uh, Lake Auction, one of the cars they had over there that would kind of caught my eye was um, one of Stalupi's cars. And it was a really cool 1960 Essel convertible. It was in silver with uh, kind of a silver two-tone reddish trimmed interior. Very rare car. I think they only made like 400 of them on the entire planet. It's an extremely rare car. Bear Jackson, well, one of the cool cars that they had there, two of them. Uh, you probably saw it. It was called Cad Mad, okay, because it was part uh, Chevy Nomad and Cadillac. And it was a really wild custom car. It probably cost close to a half a million dollars to build. It sold on the block at, at 250000 which I thought was a super deal. Really, really nice piece. But one of the other Cadillacs that was there that was really, really exceptional, and in my opinion, equally as impressive as um, Chip Foose's Jaguar that he did at uh, SEMA that was uh, featured there, is a 59 Caddy convertible. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a picture over there. It's kind of like a real pretty, kind of like uh, silver greenish colored kind of like a fish scale green kind of like supercar tricked out beautifully done lowered and you know 59 cadillac 60 cadillac i mean they just flow i mean just amazing cars you know russo and steel had a couple cars there that caught my eye one in particular that i thought was a 70 67 excuse me trans am mustang now as the story goes on that particular car it was originally built by carcraft it was a prototype car for jerry titus's trans am 67 trans am mustang and so it had all this uh, behind the scenes paperwork and documentation. The car was originally built at uh, Carcraft and it was kind of like a mule car. Mule cars are basically a test car that they try, they try various parts, different rear ends, different wheels, different tires, different suspension, you know, roll bars, all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, so this was a mule car and had interesting history. Now, what I thought was kind of, um, this is going back to auctions again, is they did not spend a lot of time highlighting the features of the car. They said this is a Trans Am car, it's a gold certificate car, uh, or gold medallion car, which is very rare um, to have that medallion. That means it's a car. To get an SVRA gold medallion, the car has to have legit history, racing history prior to 1972. And only a handful of cars were actually issued that. I think it's something like maybe 150, 200 cars in the whole SVRA organization, which is Sports Vintage Racing Association, that actually had that designation. My 66 Hurst Shelby had that back in the day because I actually had a, a vintage race car that was raced prior to 1972. And it had an interesting race history. It raced up in Brainerd, up in Minnesota. At any rate, uh, so as the cars were rolling through the block, they neglected to mention that. Now, I don't, you know... 
this is and this is real important when the car goes through the block you know across the uh and we'll talk one day at length about auctions and how they work but when the car goes across the block you want to make sure that you submit all the information all the paperwork all the documentation on the car because that way somebody that's really really interested is going to realize that this car is real significant and naturally the 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 bid's going to go up and it's going to be um, it's going to reflect in the in the uh, in the in the bidding price of the car. So you know, here's a car that had that information been uh, been discussed at the time the car was on the block, you might have brought another thirty or forty thousand dollars. But anyway, we've got a minute or two left. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell everybody that uh, you don't forget to tell everybody to tune into Nostalgic Radio Cars every Tuesday night between seven and eight p.m. here on the Tantalk Radio Network, where you can listen to me uh, talk and interview some of the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports and uh don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter instagram some of our other social media that we've got going out there uh if you have any questions feel free to uh, go to our website there's a contact page in there send me any qu- uh, inquiries as far as appraisals pre-purchase inspections diminished values uh just you know just general dialogue anything about cars if you want to know about it not to mention uh let's see we have a couple mustang project cars 65 66 67s if you're interested convertibles we got a 944 porsche in our uh, stable of cars turbo no less really cool car and all this stuff will be featured on our website here shortly and on our facebook page so hey in the meantime i want to thank all my listeners for tuning into nostalgia radio cars don't forget we're here every week between 7 and 8 p.m Wow, I just got the finger. No, uh, one. <laughs> we got a minute left here. But uh, don't forget, the Orlando International Guitar Expo, Music Expo, Guitar and Music Expo, next week. Uh, check out FLLCarshows.com for all the car shows going on in the state of Florida. Day 20, 24 hours is coming up. A lot of stuff. And one of the best shows in the southeast, actually in the whole country, Amelia Island, the first week in March. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners. Don't forget to uh, show up some of the car shows. But in the meantime, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.